0: to tell their stories about what they've learned along the way and share some of their wisdom with us. I'm so thrilled you can join us. This season of the Collective Wisdom Podcast is brought to you by Between Tracks Media Productions. Chris hall Koviak set up Between Tracks with a mission to make the process of setting up and producing a podcast as easy and pain-free as possible. He does all that and more with his super-organized system for file sharing, his tips and advice on everything from which equipment to buy to how to get the best sound quality. The service up between tracks is amazingly professional, reasonably priced, and above all, Chris is just a really nice guy to work with. I think it's fair to say that without his help, there wouldn't be a Collective Wisdom podcast. Wisdom, as we all know, is about understanding your own limitations. And mine on the technical side were pretty high. As ever, there's a link in the show notes for his website and contact details. Thanks so much to Chris at BetweenTracks.com. Hello there, my wise friends, and welcome to episode 26 of the podcast. I hope you've been having a great week and managing to enjoy the sunshine that has arrived. It's been an extra special week here as Sim, my husband, made it home from Singapore. So having all the family back under one roof has been a really special moment for all of us. And today is also my nephew Cameron's birthday and Bailey the dog's birthday. So I just wanted to wish them both happy birthday. And yeah, we really are celebrating all the moments. And talking of moments, this week's guest is my gorgeous friend and fellow story skills coach, Victoria Hefty. As you'll hear, she's all about pivoting and moving in a new direction. Those moments in your life where you just know something's got to change. Victoria's latest podcast is all about how to embrace those moments in your career especially and make the leap. Victoria is a real doer. I'm more of a, I'll have a think about it and maybe do it later kind of person. So I find her energy is just so infectious. It's a full moon this week and as if by magic, my lovely friend Aliza, who taught me to appreciate the moon in all her glory, appeared back in my life. When we first met, there was a huge strawberry moon in the sky, not something I'd ever heard of, but now I'm alert to all the magic and possibility that can happen when it appears. The ushering in of a new moon has long been celebrated as a great time for setting new intentions and getting ready to move into action. So perhaps that's why this is a perfect time to introduce you to Victoria. I'm so excited to say that I have a a fabulous guest for you this week. Victoria Hefty is a high energy, get shit done sort of girl, a strong black woman who is always looking for that deeper sense of purpose in life. This passion and drive carried her into a professional career in strategy roles for leading US healthcare companies and completing her MBA, where she applied her own ethic of work hard, play hard. Victoria embraced her new role of motherhood with that same energy and zest for life she applies to everything, using her own maternity leave to write her book, The Insider's Guide to Maternity Leave, which reached number five on Amazon's hot new releases list, and then launching her blog, The Philly Baby Bump, with tips and advice and a way of connecting for new mums in Philadelphia. So you're getting the gist. She's someone who keeps herself very busy and usually in the service of others. Now the mother of two beautiful girls, Victoria has crafted a new career that fits around her busy life as a mother and works as an independent consultant and coach, helping her clients to make those all-important post-MBA pivots and perhaps choose a different path to the tried and tested one. To that end, she hosts not one, but two podcasts, Activate Purpose, and her latest venture, post-MBA pivot in which she shares some of the powerful stories of people who have discovered their unique signature blend of strengths, talents, and values to help them stand out rather than fitting in so that they can craft their next career move and find work that is fulfilling and inspiring as opposed to just paying the rent. So Victoria, a warm welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Well, you are so welcome. I've been so looking forward to this conversation. But yeah, tell me a bit more about, you know, this way you're walking the walk and you've leaned into your own strengths and talents to find that signature blend of yours where you're, you're honoring your sense of purpose by helping other people to find theirs. Yeah. You know, I, it sounds, it
1: sounds a lot more when someone else says it, it sounds like, Oh, I do sort of have this figured out (laughs) because when I wake up, I do not feel that way. However, I will say that I, I, I think the word that comes, which is a rare for me, but I'm, I'm learning to embrace it is I am actually proud of the accomplishments because I see myself first as sort of a mom. And that's why I even took a different um, career path, uh, because I wanted more flexibility raising my children. Mm-hmm. And that's that was the catalyst. But the added benefit was sort of this whole new world of with that freedom, I could actually be a creative um, something I never thought I was I could write a book and so I laughed because I am someone that does, does does, but the catalyst was motherhood, and so mm-hmm. um, it's weird how kind of your journey turns out so far
0: yeah, yeah, and i love I love that actually what you're doing is is setting that amazing role model for those two girls of yours to you know to embrace the fact that that finding work life balance doing you know doing what you love and actually yeah making it, making it work so that motherhood, yeah. is, it's not an either or thing. It's not sort of. exactly you choose.
1: Yeah, no, my, my life definitely result revolves around the kids. So, uh, all of my activities are either, you know, in the morning, um, or in the evening, everything mm-hmm. else is sort of wrapped around them. And when they were younger, it was truly like early morning, five to eight and then nine to 12. But I think this is also where, I would say, you know, it's it's you can't mimic someone else. You sort of have to start with your personality. I am someone who has always been high energy. I am if you take those, you know, Myers Briggs ENTJ. For anyone who knows that they call them the executive. It feels like we have endless energy and we just go, go, go. So I embrace that. Um, I would say that is not what other people do so it's make sure you don't compare I'm guilty of it as well it feels like I get a lot done but I think more importantly I'm efficient with my time so yes. I don't waste a lot of time and that gives the appearance that I do a lot when actually I I don't really stress anymore I have hours to kind of just do my own thing um, but you have to start and I think this is where the notion of the signature blend, You have to start with what works for you. What is your personality? What is important to you? What do you consider a successful day? And then like throw the rest away.
0: Yeah, that's such, such great advice. So is that where you start? Do you start with things like Myers-Briggs and just helping? Because I think sometimes people, they're not even sure themselves, you know, they'll kind of have some sort of idea, but it's really creating that awareness around, I think you have
1: to know yourself uh, I know I, everyone has heard this advice but it's really only in the last maybe six months to a year that it's really clicked you can't be someone else like you can only be the best you but. Like what does that mean for me? You have to you have to understand who you are and what your values are. So for me, it was really important that I had the flexibility to not really work more than four five hours a solid day of like my professional development work. I because I knew that early morning and late evening I can power through on the work I do. I even told my husband the last time. Um, I heard my daughter cry at one at 1 a.m. in the morning and I was like, oh, no, that's my signal. I have to go to bed because I was like an Adobe Illustrator having the best time of my life trying to create these graphics. And I was like so pumped. I was like, this is the work I love. So it's not hours. It's about where do you get your energy? And for me, it's like follow where you get your energy from your work, figure out what works for you and then. I trust me, it will work. Then figure out what type of either nine to five or career can you work around that? Because I feel like the vast majority of my life, it was always about going after a role and then trying to adapt my life around the role. And it never worked because employers, clients, they just take more and more and more. And I was like, sure, have all of it. And then yeah. I had nothing left for me. Um, so if you just start with you, I think you will find fulfillment in a way that is not tied. To hours of work, but is really from within. And that's, I think, super critical, especially as you get older.
0: Yeah, that's so powerful. I'm getting the energy from you, even as you're describing it, you know, when you yeah. sort of, this lights me up, this is really, and I love it. The, word, the word fun, you know, when you start to think about being creative and what that means to you. And so these, yeah. I mean, clearly the podcasts are sort of passion projects as well as being yeah. part of your part of your work yeah so
1: activate purpose was really big for me so that was Three years ago in 2017, I started that. And really, that was right when I had resigned from my last sort of corporate role. So I was a director of strategy and it was in that role that I had a 10 month old at home. I literally could walk home in 10 minutes, but I couldn't see her. I was in the office, mm-hmm. I was doing work that wasn't fulfilling. And I just had this meeting and I remember, you know, it's one of those moments. This manager looked at me. She's like, I'm sure you're talented, Victoria, but I'm just not sure what your capabilities are. What? And so I was just oh my like, oh, like the floor, I was like, okay, calm down,
0: calm yeah. down. But
1: you know, you just like see the moment. And I was like, I don't need to be here anymore. If I stay here, this is just not who I am. And, you know, for people who work, the um, I was in a role that had sales targets. I wasn't in sales, but I had a target to meet if I wanted an additional significant bonus. So like two weeks from this moment, I it was when the deadline was to, if you stayed, you would receive essentially two large bonuses. But I was sitting in that chair and I was like, you know what, if I stay, my financial planner is probably like not going to be happy with me, but I just feel like I'm compromising who I am. Then what's like, why quit anyway? And so I just had to have that moment of whether you believe in God or not faith, but I think it was a faith in my abilities, faith in my husband, that my husband would support me, faith that I would figure it out. And I took that leap, and then yeah. you know the the bonuses ended up coming, and it was all okay. But the podcast was a way for me to say, well, I definitely don't have the answers, but I read somewhere, or maybe it was like I don't know Gary Vaynerchuk, who I mean you know, I listen to occasionally, but he said people don't want the pretty outcome; they want the process. Document mm. the process. So I was like, OK, I can do that. You know, I can at least start a podcast. I don't know what a podcast is, but I can start one and I can at least document my journey of trying to activate this thing that people call their purpose. So I bought um, the success principles um, by Jack Canfield. I don't know why, but I bought it and I used that podcast as my way to talk through what is this next phase of life? And so I think I recorded like 47 episodes so far. i try and to record every, I don't know, three weeks, months, sometimes months go by. It's very real time, yeah. but it's now this like 48 episodes of me documenting literally from my journey from, I don't know what I'm going to do to where I am now. And I think that's much more powerful than me sitting on a panel talking about me having figured it out because it's not that easy, but now I have like proof that there were ups and downs. And I think it's, a more beautiful process. So that podcast is very much a personal journey that I put out there for the world to see. I don't really talk about it. I love that it's organic and random people all over the world listen to it. Um, Like my third highest listenership is Japan. Wow. (laughs) really don't know why I am fascinated by that I think South Africa uh and then like what was it like Germany I'm like what in the world but that's what I love about it is it's not social media I don't have to worry about people commenting or liking Yeah, I just share my thoughts as a mom and uh Someone who wants to activate all of the potential I feel like I have inside of me. And then I let it go. And whatever happens with it, happens with it. So that's, I think everyone needs their version of that. I truly believe that. Because if you don't, I think it would be too easy for me to look back over the last three years and without your intro, be like, I really haven't done much.
0: I just feel like I haven't done anything. Stuck. Yeah, it's so true. So it's 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 so I mean you're touching on what other people see in you is so often not what you what your fierce critic sees in yourself. And and you're so right, you know, it sounds like the podcast, certainly the activate Pur- purpose podcast, is acting like a journal, you know, it's just a it's just charting that progress and and showing from the very first messy okay i don't know what i'm doing here to something that's becoming more crafted and i've you know i've acquired a new skill i'm now able to do this and i think i think you're so right that that having that that marker of of you know setting yourself a challenge and saying, right, I'm going to focus on this and get better at it.
1: Exactly. Yeah, so we, we have to. I, I think it's so, as women especially, uh, and I see it now in the clients that I, I coach both as a professional development director and as a career coach, you see these people and they're so accomplished and you ask them, what are you good at? And they say, not much. I don't know. I, I'm always blown away by that because everyone else looks at them and it's like, they have it figured out. But when they talk to me, they're like, I, I don't, haven't really done everything, you know. So what? I brokered like, you know, a hundred million dollar projects. My, co- my colleague brokered 150. So it's all relative. Yeah. And unless you can identify that For yourself, it's just not going to work, which is why I have like the best fun being like, I created this cool graphic. Like that's my element of fun because it's something that I did. It didn't exist before. And that to me is a definition of success because we have to celebrate the little wins. It cannot just be led by like external factors.
0: Yeah. And learning something new and just saying, I'm going to challenge myself and and it might not Mm -hmm. be in my comfort zone and it might not actually end up being one of my, because I think so often we we look at our own strengths or we don't see them because they're quite, you know, just innate to us. We don't yes. see them as being strengths, you know, even, yeah, even exactly. being good at listening or being good at being present for someone else. You know, that's actually quite a, a strong point. And yet people go, Oh, that'll yeah. Me. Yeah. 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 I, I can <laughs> talk to anybody, you know, but it's well, a big that's the irony. Yeah.
1: That's the irony of your strengths is that because they come so effortless for you, um, you, uh, you naturally downplay them, so you don't yeah. see them as a strength, which is why you should always. Uh, I, you know, I was just giving this advice the other day. I always say, don't ask your best friends what your strengths are. Ask that next layer of people oh, who just met you. Yeah, they have a tendency to know your strengths better than your immediate friends because your media friends have known you through this limited bubble um and so they may not know the newer fresher perspective of you that perhaps someone who just met you a year ago Uh or a couple of months may know so i've been encouraging people to do that and they've been finding it really interesting um and that happened to me as well so i was like you know go one more layer to figure out what your strengths are if you if you just can't articulate them because you just don't know
0: it's quite a courageous thing to do isn't it we have a um, as an energy coach, we have a thing that you can do a 360. You know, you can actually get get people that you, you nominate to give feedback on yeah. you, which is something we don't often do. It's a real sort of eye-opener, I think. When, it's terrifying. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, oh yeah it is. terrifying.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the worst is like when they don't really have anything, you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> but most people... <laughs> But most people do, and it's actually funny you use the word courageous because that's what a month ago I my first LinkedIn video, which I was terrified at, which people laugh at and they think I'm being fake about it. No, I am a deep extrovert. Like I love people, but there's something about video in for your audience. If people that you not only respect, but are, you know, a little envious of. So to put yourself out there on LinkedIn can be very scary in video form, but I did it. And then one of the comments was like, uh, from my booth classmate, Chicago booth. And he wrote, you know, you, I remember in business school, you like did a case study in front of everyone. And I see that you continue to be courageous and bold. And I was like, wait, I'm not courageous. (laughs) <laughs> I'm not courageous. And then I was like, actually, I am. And I've been telling myself, I did a podcast episode, I've been telling myself that I'm this risk averse person. And then I upgraded it to like, well, I'm the most risk averse risk taker. And then I just scrubbed it off my website. After he said that I was like, I need to stop telling myself that I am risk averse. I am actually quite courageous. If I just own that word and not worry about sounding humble or anything, it's about finding the courage to do the things that terrify you, but you do them anyway. And now it's like, I am courageous. So that was been a really important moment for me. Um, even in the last month,
0: Yeah, no, and it's coming across so well. I loved the story about your little girl who was um, (laughs) learning to ride on the the her little pedal the, bike, the, the bike without <laughs> the pedals, and yeah, tell the story. That was just fantastic. So
1: my my, I have a two and a half year old, and she's been learning to quote unquote ride a bike, but it's one of those pedal list bikes. So there's no pedals. It's to get them to balance, and so she was on them, and of course she's tiny and didn't quite understand it. So I'm like hovering over her and essentially pushing her, but in her mind she's doing it herself. And she goes, "Good job, baby. Good job, me." <laughs> and we just start. Cracking up, I'm like, this child. Yeah. And then I was go like, I told, I told my mom about it. And my mom was like, listen, she's a survivor. She doesn't wait for someone else to praise her. She praises herself. And I'm like, we all need to do that. Like, they don't even think twice about it.
0: She's like, go be. Yeah. Good job. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's just, it's such a wonderful example of that essence that we lose as we start to compare ourselves to other people and become self-critical and self-conscious. Oh my goodness. So completely. (laughs) Good job, baby.
1: Never forget it.
0: (laughs) But no, I can thoroughly recommend your your LinkedIn, you know, it, it just, it's like you say, it's very real and it's very in the moment and it doesn't feel overly scripted or
1: and that's yeah. encouraged it's not yeah Mic
0: on and go i'm just gonna talk <laughs>
1: <laughs> and that's what i'm challenging myself as i was like you know even for videos i can do teleprompters i and so i was like i'm not gonna do that i'm gonna get on and record and whatever comes out is what comes out because i think that is a skill that more and more people need including myself and i consider mm. myself a pretty decent communicator but there's something about pressing that record and saying, I'm not turning it off until I get the right take. No script. Yeah. It just, yeah, we're yeah, just going to yeah. do it. And I'm getting better at it. You know, I still have a lot of improvement, but it's my own way of challenging myself. I think it's important to continue growing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and just this brings me back to this. Um, there's like a circle of competence and. Yeah. And confidence that when you get better at something, then you start to get caught. You don't, you're never going to feel confident the first time you do anything. It's always going to be a little bit painful, but you know, the more you lean into it. And I think that's what you're doing so well And, and, and and it is great as a coach to be really walking the walk. You know, you're, you're helping people find that unique signature blend by doing just that yourself. You know, you're you're showing that It's, it's show, not tell, which is. Yes, (laughs)
1: I'm a big one.
0: (laughs) That is true. And do you think, do you think those, before we get onto your stories, do you think that energy level is something you were born with, or is that something that you really try and foster?
1: I try and foster it. So I am. Um, I mean, I think some people are naturally so my husband is very like even keeled and um, he's not happy go lucky. But I call I don't call myself happy. I call myself joyful. I've always been the type of person that can always find joy, even in a down day. It's uh, it just means that you respect the emotion that you have and then you find a way to I not find a silver lining but you you can still you know you you can still find ways to be thankful but also acknowledge your pain i don't think that they are separate entities. And I think for me, it's been important to have that component. Um, Because, you know, I come, I'm originally from Kenya, my, my whole family um, is pretty much there. And it's, you know, we came from a very tough upbringing, I was raised in a village with no running electricity, still none. And when you live that sort of life, there's a lot of joy, because You don't really have much of anything else, but joy is free. Um, You can, and I think that that's something that I've carried throughout my life, given that And then I think there's also a personality aspect to it. I think I'm just always going to be someone who does, but I cultivate it. So I am someone that I try and listen to a joyful song or music every day. I love like sort of short comedy skits. So I'll go on YouTube and find some of my favorite comedians and laugh. So it's like a muscle. I think you have to foster it. If you're just sitting around waiting for joy to like hit you, good luck. Like. (laughs) <laughs> With not the gonna news happen. and everything else happening, it's not going to happen. So I think you have to cultivate it. So I think it, it's probably like half, half.
0: And I think, you know, it's what you said about gratitude. It's like coming from somewhere where you were grateful for running water, suddenly yeah. you feel, and you have yeah. just not, not let that go. You know, that's incredible. Yeah. Incredible. It's all
1: perspective.
0: Yeah. yeah, And just, um, I guess, again, from a role model point of view, trying to instill that in your own kids, not to just take things for granted, not to assume that it's... (laughs) It's
1: that balance of they obviously don't have a lot of the challenges, but they do have, um, you know, every, every kid, especially with this pandemic school, no school, they've got their own set of challenges, but I I try to not so much talk about joy, but I am that mom that will drop everything and and dance if we have to, I try and make bath time filled with music, always laughter, Mm -hmm. um, because I want to be from a house that laughs again, it doesn't mean that there's an absence of pain or anger or frustration. But you have to be able to laugh. It's a form of release. It's we are live. It's a sunny day. Tomorrow will come something better. <laughs> Let's yeah. try again tomorrow. Sometimes I say, worst case. <laughs> Sometimes my husband and I will look at each other and be like, is today, is today, it was kind of a bad day. Is it over? Let's try again tomorrow.
0: Yeah, especially because I think it has been so hard in the States, you know, with all the Mm -hmm. race relations stuff that comes up. And I know you talk about that, you know, and it it brings up emotions. It's it's actually really deeply emotional to listen to you and and how much pain it causes. Oh, it's it's a tough uh, year. Yeah, really tough. Very tough year. So let's move on to your stories because I'm really intrigued to hear, you know, you've talked a lot about, I just think of you as being a super, super kind person who just is naturally there, wants to help, you know, you, you fit into that coachly role so well. So what, what for you came up when I asked you about an act of simple kindness that's impacted you?
1: Oh man, I, um, this was hard. I mean, I think that the for me the it's not any one person but i am the type of person that responds deeply well to thank yous i Mm
0: -hmm.
1: when someone says thank you for me it doesn't have to be involved and i think it's more of an acknowledgement because i am a doer because i do i am ruthless with my time if i feel like if i go out of my way to not only it's a combination of i'm ruthless with my time so if i do something i not only do it out of a place of goodness but i'm going to do it well so i like to show up prepared um if i say i'm going to help someone like on their resume or with career stuff i'm going to do my research and show up and really help you and so when i feel like if i do stuff like that and there's no sense of acknowledgement that can i think be hurtful sometimes because it feels you kind of feel not only like taken for granted, but maybe I, I kind of feel a little invisible. Like I, you know, I, that was really important for me to do. And so I, for me, it's all about, you know what? Thank you for doing that, Victoria. Um, And that's it. I don't need anything else. So I, it's really weird. Like I, it's maybe it should be something more, but I, I maybe it matters because I don't hear it a lot. And so when you do, it really sticks in your mind. And I try and um, learn a lesson from, uh, it's allowed me to pull back from certain things that perhaps I don't need to be doing. Because you can sometimes feel like you need to be helping everyone, mm. but sometimes you have to be a little bit more thoughtful and say, is my help being received in the right way? And I don't mean, I mean that by like, am I making a difference? It's more like, did they see me? Did they, did they yeah. see that I showed up and then I tried to be um, of help or of service? And if they did, then that's great. If not, then perhaps I just don't need to do that again. So that's important for me.
0: Yeah. And it's clearly, you know, I mean, the, the story around the boss who really didn't see mm-hmm. you, didn't appreciate you. And that's enough to make you really make a move in the opposite direction and say you know I'm not sticking around for this Um, so it's probably a real value of yours that not only is it important but I'm gonna act on it I'm gonna move towards it if it if it's not there I I, I need to go and find it which is absolutely absolutely
1: yeah that's a that's a big one for me um, for uh, who knows what host of reasons but I think Uh, maybe especially as I think a black woman in a lot of roles where, you know, I was talking to Bernadette and um, she was, I forgot what book she said, but she said that she had read something about how a lot of times um, black women, because of where one where I think we're natural comforters and nurturers and all this stuff, it can feel like we give, 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 and that's a form Mm -hmm. of taking. And so, and it can be exhausting even when we don't think it is. And so I think this notion of thank you kind of restores that a little bit, because it's not that we're afraid to give. It's like just just know that it isn't coming like it's not this bottomless well.
0: <laughs> it yeah, comes a somewhere. little bit of gratitude, and also someone you're someone who practices that gratitude. You know, you spend yeah. those days saying, well, you know, where's the gift here? What, what yeah. how can I be grateful? So so it makes so, I a mean, no big sense. thank you. Yeah. Yeah. But, and I love, you know, that the roots of thanking for me come from thinking. If I'm thanking you, I'm thinking of you. So I think there is that we've lost that connection sometimes in language and that like you say, all it all it has to be is a simple little two liner saying. I really appreciate it, it.
1: It really is, especially in the workplace. I can't even tell you how many people would be still be at their jobs if their manager just said thank you. It's really like not that complicated.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's a really powerful message, actually. And yeah. so, so moving on to the harder part, which is the challenge, what would you yeah. say Yeah, is a, a story around a challenge that came to mind? Uh, uh, so was this a challenge that, rephrase the question, I forgot the challenge part. So really it was, I, I ask for three stories because it gives me a framework for the podcast. Yeah. The reason for those three stories is because I think that acts of kindness can often be the route to, ha- you know, and like you say, gratitude can be to the, to the solving the challenge, to overcoming the yeah. challenge. And so quite often the two are linked and I find that mm-hmm. people have, you know, one thing comes to mind and then they go, actually, and that really helped me out of this Difficult situation, or and I've resorted yeah. to that the future. But sometimes okay. people just have, you know, a story that I think also because it it serves a purpose. There's a sense of connection when someone talks about something that was difficult, and so like like we were talking about with the with your podcast, which has been that sort of evolution, and not just seeing, mm-hmm. seeing Victoria here, she is all perfect and shiny and polished. You <laughs> really see the the messy parts, and yeah. so. When people describe a challenge, even if it's with hindsight and I'm through that now, it can be quite a, it can have a resonance for for listening.
1: Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I just want to make sure. I feel like I've had tons of challenges. I think the most, um, the easy ones are sort of what am I going to do with my career? I think that's always a challenge that now I probably downplay more because I feel so confident and comfortable with where I am. And I feel like I have the tools to navigate that very well. Because I think I know part of that was being able to articulate the types of professional skills I only want to use in the future. And that's really funny that happens once you know what you want to do and you tell people, they're like, oh, okay, cool. I'll hire you just for that. So it felt like... (laughs) It's, that part is actually not that complicated but felt so like we the make challenge.
0: it more difficult for ourselves by being a bit too vague and oh general goodness. and um, oh will be like me yes. yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> people are like no one will hire me I'm like because they don't know what you do like what do you want to do <laughs> just tell people it's not that yeah. complicated now so I feel like that appeared like a challenge but it wasn't I, I think the biggest challenge that I've probably gone through and this ties back to the song which is we'll talk later but um of really trusting that I actually know what I'm doing. That has been a big one for me. Um, I am someone who has worked through feeling like I need external validation, because let's be honest, that's um but schools and my personality and all this stuff you you do get a sense of drive from externally checking the box from succeeding having a goal when you're goal-oriented like it doesn't almost matter it doesn't matter whether it's your goal or someone else's goal you just know yeah. that you have a goal and so <laughs> when you leave that structure and now you are responsible for coming up with your own goals You kind of have to believe that you can get there. And I doubted that for a long time. I thought I needed another class, another this. And then I hit this moment, probably, I think last year was sort of the tipping point where I realized I. I think I'm actually not only going to be okay if I can thrive in the midst of this craziness going around the world thrive and also obviously be sad but still thrive in my own way i can do anything and i feel like that has been the biggest challenge is what i'm now 39 um is going 20 plus years as a professional and not really trusting yourself feeling like you're not quite good enough
0: yeah i think that that
1: that is a a deep challenge that uh i'm only now starting to emerge from
0: That's so beautiful. And it's uh, that really resonates with me, actually. I I think that's something that I I know a lot of women who are in the same boat. And it's interesting that the wisdom I shared right at the beginning of this podcast was trust yourself, you've got this, because it's something I definitely didn't do in my, yeah, 20s, 30s, 40s, even, you know, it was just this constant sense of checking over your shoulder to make sure... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Have I got this? And am I doing it right? And then I remember Coach saying to me, "You know, what if there are no rules? Especially when it's about how you craft your career. What if, what if you just get to call the shots?" And and yeah. this idea was really alien to me. I think, um, but then yeah, you step into definitely. it and go, "Oh, yeah, actually, I can. I can do anything. I I really can." And I agree. I agree. And- I I don't think we
1: i don't think i knew that until i resigned that you actually do get to sh- call the shots mm. I, I don't think that i had ever re- i was like well you mean i get to like pick the school <laughs> 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 i get to pick the company that <laughs> no, was like no think bigger victoria yeah, yeah. uh yeah, you exactly actually that. get to craft your life that is just a, i phenomenal thing once it actually clicks at a deeper level I feel like I'm finally there where I'm like whoa I can I actually that's how the even post MBA pivot came around like I don't have to sit here waiting for permission for someone I don't even have to have the episodes up I just have to have a vision and tell people and they say yes like what in the world I just I you know I'm learning so much still, but I think uh, that that feeling that change—it's like I, I can't unsee it. As Seth says, like I, I'm fully down the road of this, like going forward and just trusting myself.
0: Yeah, and it's so funny listening to you because it was the same thing. I remember sort of thinking one of the things that stopped me starting the podcast, you know, for a good six months was. I'm going to ask people, and they're not going to want to come on. So I'm going to run out. (laughs) Once I've done my mom and my dad, and (laughs) it's just like. And actually, that has not been a problem at all. My biggest concern now is that there are so many people I want to speak to, and most of them I approach, and they're like, "Yeah, sure." Oh God, I've got to roll out another season. (laughs) I've got to get it done because I'm just loving it. But you know how close I came to not taking that step is untrue um yeah when I
1: look I, I agree it's so yeah I, I think of all the things that I would not have done because you're just afraid I mean I even talk about that podcasting you know one of the things people always talk about or at least podcast experts whatever that means be consistent well when you're a mom like you can't be consistent like you're lucky if you you know what you're gonna be doing in a week so I did the podcast not knowing whether I was going to be consistent, but knowing that I would try to show up and share. And that's the only way I got to 40 plus episodes. There's no way I would have done it if I knew I had to do it every week. That's just too big of a barrier that we're putting on ourselves. So just like challenge some of these assumptions that you think you have to have in place before you start something.
0: Yeah. And, and that, everybody's watching you from the get-go. Oh my goodness, and that's yeah. the great thing about when you start is like, no, actually, nobody's No, watching.
1: no one's watching. Fear not. You're like, I got five downloads. Oh wait, it's from really? Marilyn, my mom. Again. I know. Probably because yeah. she couldn't
0: figure out how to download the podcast the first time. Yeah. It's really not that serious. Uh, but I think, I think for you, you know, I I didn't realize that part of your story was actually coming over from Kenya mm-hmm. and so the courage that that must have taken to arrive in a new country and start a new school and all the things. I think there is this sort of sense of resilience that Mm -hmm. you build, you know, a bit like the muscle you were talking about, you know, it's kind of.
1: Yeah. I think that's probably one of the traits I pride myself on the most. And I was young. I was relatively young. So I think I was only five. But I think what happened was my mom, she was, um, so she came over to the States, uh, never having been to the us before she got a scholarship i don't it must have been like one of two people out of like all of kenya got a scholarship to attend columbia teachers college and so she showed up all like 22 years old at first city new york city entering the subway jfk like what and she made and she left us me and my older sister in kenya so the first sort of formative You know toddler preschool years i spent with my grandmother because my mom was in doing her graduate her master's degree and the thought of that now as a mom with the same age i don't know how she did it like i actually don't know how she did but she she went to school full-time saved up every dollar was able to get us a visa uh, for her graduation and literally the the day we landed we went to the um immigration and we were able to get our our Actual visa, and then that just at the time it was a lot easier. That just rolled over because she was a student into a green card, and now U.S. citizenship. But the whole point is, one, she was she had to be resilient to leave her children to go to school, and then my grandmother, because again we are from a very traditional family, but my grandmother is also um, a teacher, and everyone was saying you cannot let your daughter go to the states and leave her children. And my mom, my grandmother was like, she's absolutely going, and. There it was. And so I do think that there's this sense of resilience. I mean, there's just not a lot of things that will bring me down more than a couple of days. And I take pride in that because I feel like um, when you grow up seeing a lot, you see death, you see poverty, you see you see joy, you see the whole spectrum. Mm. You realize that there's, there's not much that you can't
0: overcome it's really seeing the strength in your mother, you know, that really sort of highlights where where you get it from. It's just, you come from a strong lineage. Oh yeah. As my husband
1: likes to say, he's like, I didn't know Will until I met your mom. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. She was so proud of that comment. I'm like, I don't know if it's a compliment, but we'll go with it. (laughs) I'm not sure how to take that
0: but. I'll take it anyway. Exactly. <laughs> Fabulous. Gosh. Oh, that's what I love about <laughs> these conversations is is how yeah, the stories that come out, you know, are just yeah. just incredible sharing stories like this. So how important is music in your life? You said you, you listen to a song every day. I
1: listen, I love music, but I'm not I'm not a um I love all types of music. I think it's more of the act of rhythm and beats and something to just jolt me i think music can be like exercise so it gets you out of your head you can be feeling down and you hear a song and you're pumped mm-hmm. again so for me like i um i started playing the the saxophone at least in the states like a third or fourth grade i don't know if the music system now but you got to pick an instrument so you started with like Um, the flute or whatever, the clarinet or something. And then I did the saxophone. So I did that for almost 12 years. Um, So that helped me with more like the classical side and like jazz band. But really, uh, give me any song. I love pop music. I love musicals. I love anything that just gets me moving and gets me out of my head. And uh, so I I wouldn't say I have like a favorite artist or anything like that. But I did think about the question of a favorite song. And I was like, I don't know if I want to share that because they're going to think I'm crazy. I
0: probably will anyway. <laughs> so yeah, now I'm really intrigued. But it, it clearly is quite a strong influence in your life, you know. And it for most people, it's it well basically go to get yeah. out of our heads. Like you oh, say. Yeah. I love that. I love that idea. Yeah, yeah. I, I
1: it's fundamental for me. And uh, I, you know, when I met my husband, he's like, you listen to a lot of music, and he just did not listen to oh, music like that. Wow. Uh, and I was like you know like you're he's a deep thinker he's a philosopher he's like in his head a lot and i was like just just play just play a song just turn it up i promise the world won't end and let it out and he always feels better but it's just not he something that he like forgets to do versus for me it's like oh no we're listening to a song today like let's yeah. let's have at it yeah.
0: yeah so how did how did the two, is it it's a bit of a personal question but how did the two of no. you meet
1: Oh, it's well funny story. So I was when I was getting I had just been admitted to Chicago Booth um, Business School and they have what is called an admit weekend. Uh, So you go, you visit. It's kind of their time uh, the admissions team time to get people to obviously sign and accept. Uh, But then it's also as a prospective student. It's your time to go and see what the city's about, meet your potential classmates and to really make a decision whether you want to go to that school or not. So there uh, I flew in because I lived in Philadelphia at the time, flew into Chicago um, and like that and the next night, I think there was this big reception at a library, like on the top of this nice library. So I went there and I, I met this gentleman who at the door and he like opened up like the, the the door for me and then the elevator. So I'm just like, you know, looking, OK, interesting. But I'm, I'm also excited to like meet my new classmates. I'm dressed. I'm like ready to go. And I. Uh, so I talked to him for a little bit and we kind of meander. I'm kinda of like checking him out in the room and I say a couple things to him and then I text my friend maybe two hours later. I hadn't really talked to him, but I was like, I think I met my future husband. I was like, I just No know.
0: way, no way. Yeah. Oh and my god. That
1: goodness. was it. <laughs> I was oh new. I don't
0: know. Wow. And then the
1: only caveat was he was not an MBA student. He was a divinity school student. He totally crashed the event. <laughs> so he wasn't even supposed to be there <laughs> No, Oh, my goodness. No, My classmate, um, her husband or her now husband was uh, was like, I do not want to go to a, a bunch of event with a bunch of MBAs. That's like the least interesting thing. So she's like, fine, like bring one of your friends. So he brought <laughs> he brought Carl and Carl was like, I'm yeah. used to Divinity School students. He's like, I definitely want to go to an MBA event. <laughs> he was ready to go. I just knew you just have to I think that's what I'm going back to. And, um, you know, I wrote about this, but it's the same that same feeling I had was when the, the my, man, my manager told me that in that meeting. And it's that feeling, you know, going to earn a good thing, whether that's your future husband or you do not need to be in this role anymore. You have to trust those. I do not yeah. believe that those are there just randomly. Uh, but once you get attuned to listen to them, they're very loud and clear. And I just I just knew. I was like, yeah, that's my future husband.
0: That's like a real intuitive hit, but it's the first time I've really heard a story where it's like that powerful, you know, it's almost like a love of oh, yeah. sight thing. I mean, God, gosh, yeah. gosh. He did not, he, he was not was convinced. Say, was good, job, was good, good job he was on board too, because that could be quite
1: yeah. awkward. He was not, he was not, he was not on board. I was like, I met this man and he's like, actually, I'm going to Paris for a year. I was like, what? Wait, what? Was he was in Paris, Paris. he was... Yeah. I was like, that's not my right plan. Uh, but he, it took him probably a year to be like, okay, I think we might be dating. I'm like, Ugh. Uh, okay. So yeah, it took time, but I, I, I knew, I just knew.
0: That's incredible. <laughs> incredible. Oh, I love that story. So now we have to get back to the music. Did you finally settle the a song? So, what, what, so, what so my, the, the only song,
1: the one song, and I will give context for, was the discussion around trusting myself and kind of last year with uh, especially in the states um i think the 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 racial tension the politics the pandemic was this perfect storm of just mm-hmm. It just, I felt like I was always, I could laugh, but then I was always like on the border of tears, like at any moment in time, because it just felt like everything was loaded. And then you're stuck at home and you, I mean, don't forget, like we went from thinking the pandemic was like a two week long thing. We're like, let's grab it just to grab an extra bottle of wine. It'll be fine yeah. to like a year of this. So it's just really naive. And I just remember having to figure out like, what's my role in all of this? And how do I, I felt guilt because on one hand, I was, in a sense, thriving because I was really finding my own place in the midst of this mess. But then there was also this mess. And I didn't know how much, like, where do I show up as myself? Um, How do I feel good about myself? And so in the meantime, I was with my, my kids. And we had rediscovered frozen 2 and so i won't have oh. a spoiler but in frozen 2 there's this song and it is basically one of the main characters elsa she has these magical powers but she doesn't know where it comes from and she goes into this this world and singing out of nowhere ho- no spoiler hopefully you'll pause if you haven't seen it but it turns out to be her mom and oh. the song is called show yourself so elsa is originally singing it saying show yourself to the voice reveal yourself and the mom says no show yourself that you can actually do it and there's this line you are the one that you've been waiting for all of your life and i just like bawled and i felt like i need i'm going to get emotional i needed someone to say that to me like i am the one i've been waiting for um my mother's fantastic, but with resilience comes sometimes uh, we don't show we don't talk about love. We show love. It's only been in the last couple of years that we feel comfortable saying I love you. So
0: wow.
1: the words have not been there, even though the actions have. So when I heard show yourself, you were the one that you've been waiting for. I just I can't even listen to it now without getting teary eyed. Um, really important song that sometimes gets lost in the Disneyfication of things, but there are yeah. some amazing songs. And then um I was so moved by that, that on Disney plus there's a behind the scenes and you see these creatives, these writers writing that song, tussling with it. And you're like, it is meaningful. Like, wow, yeah. what a song. So that's the one where without fail, and I'm not a huge crier, but man, when I hear that line, even now, I just think, of all the all the women, all the girls, even the girl, little girl within me who need to hear that, but we haven't. And it was a song that did that for me.
0: That is incredible. Now that's such a, a welcome addition to the playlist. And for me, it's almost like here you are really showing your true self. You know, that's what, since you uh, sort of left that corporate place behind where you maybe have to mask things and be- Oh yeah. Else, so oh, yeah. powerful, so powerful.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. So I, yeah, I love that. It's not, it's not, <laughs> maybe not a critically acclaimed
1: song, but it is beautiful. Oh no, I think, and it is what we need to hear. What I needed to hear, still need to hear. It just yeah. gets me every time.
0: Yeah, and it and it it goes in parallel with trust yourself. You know, it's like yeah, dip into who you are and trust that you've yeah. got this, and that you and your unique, special who, the who behind that is enough. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Always has been. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful. Oh, so thank you so much. That, that was such a wonderful story. And then we just finish on just, I mean, you have shared so much wisdom and I know for me, the thing that stands out is this, this whole idea of what you're doing now is, is helping people find that identity within themselves. So you've, you've sort of learned that for yourself and now you're helping other people to do the same, but what's the, what's the piece of wisdom that you would say you wanted to share with the world?
1: I would say you're not going to find your place in this world until you really know who you are. Mm -hmm. I believe that more and more that I, I think that we between all, all of all of this stuff, I'm not going to go down the cliche, social media of activities, looking for escapism, work, mm-hmm. career, all of this stuff. i I have a strong suspicion that the vast majority of people who feel like something is missing, um, the answer isn't out there. You have to take a step back and figure out who are you really, What do you really want? And who are you willing to become? I think is my biggest thing that I've been trying to ask people really get them to engage in because really none of the other stuff is attainable in any sort of successful, meaningful measure until you can answer that. Because I think only after you know yourself and know what works for you, can you then like seize the world? Like I just, I, I, I don't know. I think that's why also following other people's like success tips is always so hard and you walk away feeling like a failure because yeah. that like worked for them. That's not you. And it doesn't have to be sure. You can pick up a couple of clues, but figure out who you are. Yeah. Would be my biggest advice and then go from there and acknowledge all of the fears, but don't let them stop you. Keep on pushing. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Beautiful wisdom. And it's, it's easier said than done. I think it's, a, oh my goodness. Yeah. it's a, an exploration, you know, you gravitate towards things, find out what you gravitate towards. And then as you, as you so rightly pointed out, those moments where this is not working, boom, don't be afraid to make it stop, you know, and just move in a different direction and do that, that pivot, which is beautiful. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, Victoria. So for anyone who's interested in what they've heard and wants to get in touch and maybe work alongside you, where can they, where's the best place to find you?
1: Uh, probably LinkedIn. So you can find me Victoria Hefty, or you can always just say hello, write me a note at victoria at post dot com. But I am, um, I'm someone that is, I try to be myself when you see me. So what you see is what you get. And I'm just so grateful that you asked me to be on here and to share my story and, uh, I think I'm just excited to see what everyone is doing and to hear stories and to know that no matter what you're facing, like, to, you can always try again tomorrow. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. You Absolutely. can always try again tomorrow. <laughs> but no, the gratitude is all mine completely. I mean, it's it's such a brave thing to to share those stories, to, to open up, to be that vulnerable person. And I think it's such a generous thing to do for other people. So no, I am so grateful to you for, for trusting me with those stories, Victoria. Beautiful. Oh, thank you, Kat. Thank you so much. So thank you so much for being here. And yeah, I'll make sure there's a link to all of those, the podcast and your your website, LinkedIn page in, in the show notes for anyone interested. But thanks again for being here and for making this so much fun.
1: Always. Thank you so much, Kat. We'll talk soon. Lots of love. Enjoy, enjoy Bahrain. Enjoy the husband and have some, have some good wine. <laughs> will do, will do, definitely. <laughs> Bye
0: now. Talk soon. Bye. Wow. For me, that was such a joyful conversation. There was a moment where Victoria describes herself as joyful. And I think that's where and why her energy is infectious is because she brings that joy and enthusiasm to everything she does. I really hope you enjoyed that. And before I leave you, I just wanted to give a little shout out to my friend Dennis, who sent me through some links to some podcasts, one of which was a podcast called Unbroken with Madeline Black. And I happened to just click on a random episode. I love the sort of synchronicity and the 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 randomness of, of just being able to open up a, an episode. It's all about storytelling, people who have been through really tough experiences and how they've come through the other side. It's a phenomenal podcast. I listened to the episode with Joe Berry, which is all about restorative justice and building bridges after you've been the victim of a crime. A really powerful conversation, but one of the things I take from it is her new acronym for HOPE, which she shared, which was HOPE stands for Help One Person Every Day. And that is just such a powerful thing for me to take forward and use as a marker of you know, if I'm going to define success in a day, have I been able to help one person? So I will leave you with that little nugget of wisdom. And thanks to Dennis for pointing me in that direction. And I hope that you all have a fantastic week and I'll be here to join you next time